So I'm Chris. I'm AJ. And I'm Jonathan. And this is Couchside Chats. If a therapist starts off with, I could be wrong, so please let me know if I've missed the mark. I've noticed that. Please know that nine times out of ten, they're about to read you like a book. Oh, yeah, mm. that's so true, though. Hey, if yeah. I've missed the mark, let me know. But uh, boom, 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 boom. Oh, why are you attacking me? Mic drop. <laughs> 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 All right. I spent four years at college and didn't learn anything. It's really my fault. I had a double major in psychology and reverse psychology. <laughs> I like that. So does so dumb. Don't don't hate <laughs> on my jokes, Jonathan. I can hate all I want. All right. Therapy got a drop through with something. Welcome to shrink in a box. How may I take your disorder? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you oh, know, what, man. You know, I like that one for two reasons. The first of all, the shrink in the box is pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But another one is, uh, so how many people told me that I would be able to take my uh, bachelor's in psychology down to the nearest fast food? Yeah. Yeah. That's so exactly I, right. I love that. So many reasons. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. It's going to be my new favorite joke for the next week. <laughs> I have degrees in politics, economics, and psychology. I don't have a job, but at least I at least know why. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well throw in one for sociology there to find out why everyone else has a job. Yeah. Have you heard of the new psychological therapy for trendy kids? It's called hypnosis. Oh, that's so bad. No, that one is bad. <laughs> I'll agree. That one's so bad. <laughs> dude, dude came out swinging with these good jokes and it ends it on bad. That's yeah, okay. No, it's, it's I, I, as long as I like them, that's fine. I'm sure there's people out there that like that joke. Just... Yeah, and I'm sure there's people out there who like peas on pizza. It doesn't make them right. People put peas on their pizza? Oh, dude. Well, you technically seen... it's in the name, right? No, pizza. you haven't seen the horrors that people have done on the other side of the planet. <laughs> Anchovies on pizza. That's nasty. Well, that would actually just kill me because I'm allergic, so, I mean. You're allergic to anchovies? I'm allergic to a lot of fish. I mean, I guess that's like if it had to be something. Yeah, well, it could I mean, be worse. I mean, I'm so. just allergic to fish, which is why I don't get along with shady people. They're too fishy. Oh, God. Oh, that was so bad. Uh, yeah, that bothered me. I have a Talk joke. I don't know, I don't, I don't know whether I, I should say it. Does say it, what? Does does your wife listen to this podcast? Okay, never mind. I'm not gonna go there. Anyway, uh... <laughs> oh, I know where that was going. <laughs> oh, both of y'all need to take several seats right now. That, that was a lot. That was a lot. No, sir. <laughs> no, no. It took me a second, but I got it, and I was like, "Oh, AJ." Oh, no, I didn't no, no. expect that from him. I would have expected that from me or Jonathan, not AJ. Leave the wives out of this. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you said bring the wives in? Gotcha. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Dude, no. Couldn't have been clearer. <laughs> oh, no. Don't don't bring wow. her in. I, right. I very much like not being in trouble. Me too. But why will you be in trouble? I'm the one who who will be in trouble with your wife. No, I think that it, in a conversation like that, just being associated with it 
is bad enough. <laughs> dude, you why, didn't, why didn't you tell him to shut the fuck up? Oh, <laughs> she would ask you? No, dude. I, I get to hear the sound of the chonkla flying. How many people are out there with no therapy, not taking any prescribed or illicit drugs, just raw dog in reality? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't belong to that category. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready for my uh interesting Yeah, go ahead. What you got? Great fun weekly great news. Great and fun. I don't know about that. Weird, maybe. There's a study that discovered that how fast our body heal might depend on how we feel time passing, not just on how much real time has gone by. So how you perceive time, whether time you perceive time is passing by slowly, then your wounds might heal a little bit slower. Oh. So you're so basically like if I feel like time is dragging on, mm -hmm. then my wounds are going to drag on. Is that yep. why I stayed sick longer in jail? There you go. <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. yeah, you get only... sick in jail that stuff just hey, man you carry it around like a like a bad back like everywhere you go that stuff is just lingering it sucks well I think I think there's merits to it like the more just like the more you struggle with something the like the you put your body in more stress does somewhat yeah. slow down the the healing process you know okay when you put it like that that makes a lot more sense yeah, because I'm not just over here like, oh, my perception of time it affects the actual time. Like, oh, come on, dude. Just, just like inflammation or chronic pain. Like, uh, I, I work with a lot of people with chronic pain, so I learn to assist with them, learn to live with the uncomfortable, and it's hard, especially with chronic pain. But once they able to just somewhat be more comfortable with with these uh, uncomfortable experiences. Time flies a lot faster, and mm. and the yeah. pain lasts a lot shorter because you're not constantly in distress. Yeah, that's so. the tricky part about chronic pain is trying not to focus on it all the time. Actually, my approach is actually to focus on it and make room for it. Hmm. Do you have chronic pain? Do I have chronic pain? Yeah. Yeah, my knees, but other than that, it's only in the cold weather. Um, and uh, I mean... I'll trade you. Recently, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, my neck. I have whenever I get tense, angry, I have like really bad neck problem from from rugby. Mm. Uh, and what, what does angry AJ look like? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. So you ever you. saw Chucky? <laughs> oh gosh! So no. what? Uh, <laughs> he just he just called you uh, Chucky. What's Chucky? You know the the murderous doll. No clue. Oh, he, he's never seen Child's Play. Yeah, okay. yeah, I never. Yeah, I never. You seen need to watch Chucky. it. No, I don't like horror stuff. Oh, mm. dude, I love scary movies. Uh, so since we're talking about scary, I think my second fact is somewhat related. Ooh, okay. Is Got that my attention? A study shows that American Christians who think God will keep them safe are more likely to take risks. So they're not afraid of the scare, the scary stuff, feeling like they have a safety net. Because they have this spiritual figure watching over them, because so it's more likely to engage in risk-taking behaviors. I mean, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Because if you believe that you have, uh, I guess you would call it like a divine protection. Mm -hmm. 
then you have this extra layer of protection. Therefore, you can have this extra amount of risk. That that kind of makes two and two for me. I'm not going to lie. So here's where I'm at with it. Um, first of all, I do believe in God, right? I've been a Christian most of my life. However, I do think that God also accounts for stupidity, right? Mm. So <laughs> like... And I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'm going to get some hate on this one from some from somebody, but <clears throat> the reality of it is is just because I know that I have a God that loves me and watches out after me does not give me a license to do stupid things, dangerous things even. Because yeah. if I get what I get, God's like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm hmm. not. Uh, let me hear first. I am not telling people hey god's looking out for you go do something crazy like drive 130 down the highway i'm yeah. just saying i can understand where the thought comes from i understand where the thought comes from too but i'm just telling you right now that god sometimes gets really hands off with people he's like no 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 you might need a life lesson and he might put you in a life lesson yeah yeah that's all i'm saying that's where i'm at okay so the next one is woman who lost a parent when they were, were young might feel extra worried about being apart from their romantic partners as adults and feel really anxious when they're not with them. Just women? That's the study find so far. I would have figured I'm sure, like I'm sure it applies to men too, but that's specifically that's the study done a release last week that came to this conclusion. I mean, again, it at face value, that sounds pretty legit. If you lost a loved one, you grow older, you might get like a little bit of separation anxiety in case they die too, you know, kind of. It's an attachment style issue is really what it is. And I lost my mom when I was eight with cancer. And I would say that I feel like that is true in very specific circumstances. What do you mean? I mean that, at least for me, mm -hmm. I have experienced something like that, but not very often. It's only in very specific situations that I, I get to feel in that way mm. about my wife. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, see, like, like I said. I, like maybe like one or two times in the eight years I've known her. Yeah, but I mean, even at face value, that seems like something that's pretty plausible. Yeah, it does. Not not near as bad as the uh, women's tears one that you found. So there's progress. Yeah, that, that one was strange. That so, I, I thought that was hilarious. It was funny. Jonathan, was have you have after the podcast? Did you go try and sniff your your wife's tears? Uh, a gentleman never tells, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, just to even try it, that means that you first have to make her cry. Yeah, tears of joy, AJ. What are and you then, thinking about, you monster? And then, and then you have to get really angry, but not too angry where you're able to be like, "Oh, I, need, I gotta sniff her tears." Where the woman starts crying, and then I'm just like, "Hold still." <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. No. No. It, it became even weirder whenever I visualized it in my head. <laughs> Someone holding a woman's head down and trying to get the angle on them so, that, so they can <laughs> sniff her tears. Might be easier to bottle them. No. You just go in like you're going for a kiss, but you just take a big... Oh. 
Yep, I think we need to move past this one. Can <laughs> <laughs> you just imagine uh, whenever she cries, just pull out a bottle and collect them on a yeah. on a tough day? <laughs> every time I th- every time I see something like that, it reminds me of Harry Potter. <clears throat> there was a I forget which one it was, but there was one where they would collect. There was some kind of spell that required tears. No, it was. And, uh, you're talking about Snape when he passed away and he dropped his oh, tears. And he pulls the tears in. Yeah, that's what tears. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He dropped he his tear on this little in. thing, so the flask, so Harry yeah, Potter so, can relive yeah. whatever and tell the, a story. The, the pen, the pen, the Ponceve or the yeah. Pensieve, or however mm-hmm. you say it. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. They normally would pull it out of their heads, but he took the tears and could read it in the Pensieve. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I love, mm-hmm. I love that character, Snape. I do too. He's a he's a great car- uh, actor too. The one you know, Alan Rickman is dead now, yeah, which is really away. sad. Yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, right about now, a lot of the uh, actors and actresses have passed, about a third of them. Really? From mm-hmm. Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. In fact, at one point, I posted a meme where it uh, it grayed out all the dead people. And so, like, a third of the cast is uh, dead. It's really sad. Hmm. Yeah. Because I think uh, the person who played Hagrid is dead. Snape, uh, McGonagall. Um, She's dead too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But there's they a were lot. All of them. older too, though. I mean, yes. Well, I mean, the first one to go was the very first Dumbledore. So. Yeah, because he was like 95 when they started filming. Yeah, That's so that was makeup. Yeah. Do what? So that wasn't makeup, basically. Yeah. No, they had a lot of uh, very w- talented. Uh, people, but they were also very talented because they've been doing it for so long. So let's go into a, a a more depressing news. Oh boy, I think it's pretty depressing, mainly because there's this one study released by Oxford uh, Internet's uh, Institute where they concluded that internet does not significantly harm people's mental health. So that's based so on data from two million this. people worldwide. Okay. All right, so uh, go ahead and go to 4chan. Go to any other website like 4chan as a teenager and then tell me you came out okay on the other side. I'm just saying. There's a lot of websites out there that will harm you as a person. Yeah, Yeah. but at the same time, you're just referring to social media. The internet is more than just social media, though. Well, well, you know, I didn't want to directly mention certain sites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because of the content on there, mm-hmm. like the one we talked about last week, and how that develops addiction very easily for a lot of people. Wait, what? What was last week? Um, it rhymes with corn. Um, corn. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Mm. It, come on, it's a but also how we you're looking at the one side. There's the other side too, like how we provide you know mental health telehealth via the internet i'm gonna tell you this i (laughs) bless my dad's heart my dad was older when he passed away he was 75 and my dad really didn't have a, a full understanding or grasp of what youtube and tiktok and the internet really is And so, like, he knew how to watch videos on YouTube. In fact, he did it sometimes for hours sitting up on the edge of his bed. But he would call me 
and this has a point, I promise. He would call me sometimes in the middle of the day while I'm working, like incessantly would call me like three or four times in a row. So it's like in my head, I'm like, okay, someone's died, right? Like something has happened. And I'll answer the phone and verbatim one time he said, did you hear? And I said, no. He goes, they finally arrested that blankety blank Obama. And I said, (laughs) no, they didn't. (laughs) <laughs> no what they the... didn't yes and i said where did you hear that and he goes on the internet and i was like dad you cannot trust a lot of the things that you read on the internet i said if you saw it on tiktok you can almost guarantee it's false or stretched at the very least and he was like nope nope they arrested him and i'm like okay turn on the tv and see if you can find anything about that that'd be <laughs> That'd be freaking headline news, yeah. right? And so the long story short, right, it harms people because old people are so incredibly senile and susceptible to fake news that my dad, I mean, that's just one example, dude. I was getting phone calls all the time talking about, you need. To, he told me, you need to go buy groceries and fill up your cars with gas because they're about to turn all the power off. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> where are you hearing these things all the internet to that credit hold on to that credit don't we also rip apart certain tiktoks for massive amounts of misinformation yes so but what i'm saying so again right even if it's because he would see some of these things on youtube he would even find articles and read them the point is is that outside of social media my dad my dad was like buying into that stuff hook line and sinker yeah you can believe anything on the internet said abraham lincoln I love that meme. But but to be fair, though, to be fair, you know, earlier you you, you talked smack about uh, the porno- pornography industry, which, I mean, they, they truly deserve it. But there you, you believe that it's a big issues, right? We talked mm-hmm. about last time is pornography addiction is a big issues for a lot of people. Um, well, my favorite is when you go to the websites. Are you 18? Yes. OK, you're let in. Wow. So cool. But my point yeah, here is the global, <laughs> the global porn industry is estimated only $97 billion. Guess how oh, much lonely. is the telehealth? $110 billion. So telehealth industry is still growing at an estimated compound annual growth rate at 24%. So mm. it could double that in about 70, 72 divided by three. How, what is that? In um, three years, in two years. Oh, no, this it's like 24. 24, 24, uh, 72 divided by 24. That's about three years. Yeah. It can double that in about three years. That's how fast it's growing. Oh, yeah, it's compounded 24. annual growth. So it's compounded. So it's time about three years that's able to double. So in, in let's say, 20, 2027, it can be worth $200 billion. Could be. Oh, okay. So that's, that's how powerful that, that... necessary internet is. Yeah, but I mean, uh, can we also be fair that a lot of porn is free, so they're not accounting for all that. It, so the money, the mass amount of money that they're making, doesn't even cover all the consumption of it. So it's a lot of mental health resources are free, but that's necessary to earn the money that they have. They they are free as a marketing as to hook people in. 
same way with a lot of marketing is they provide provide free information, free goods to hook people in. Mm. So I think it's part of the business is to offer free stuff. So free is not necessarily free. But then you got also not just that one industry, but I mean, we can literally argue over this all day. But there are a lot of websites that if you went on them as a kid with unrestricted access and by doing anything, you you would be uh, very much exposed to things that you would regret uh, later on in life. B on 4chan, well known for that. The amount of toxicity in certain uh, gaming communities, such as the Notorious League of Legends, well known for that. Even on the uh, Xbox chat you know back when it was heavily unrestricted oh my gosh you know the early 2010s late 2000s you you could go in there and hear, hear every slur in the book uh, and a lot of it was said by little kids you know so I yeah know. but i still see the benefits of providing mental health care for people that is not in an area where it's accessible like i know i know someone who's in midland the the amount of counselors us in Midland is Midland, Texas, very small town. Yeah, but I'm debating how good uh, mental health resources are via the internet. I'm mm -hmm. just saying the risk and the and massive amounts of bad things out there on the internet are uh, not getting smaller anytime soon. But at the same time, there's a lot of great things out there. So I think the studies has some merits is that is whether the negative outweighed the positive or whether the positive outweighed the negative or See, that's is it at the, the point where is it perfectly balanced where it not significantly harm people's mental health so that's my point it would really depend on where the person finds himself on the internet because while these things do exist good or bad it really depends on what you as an individual go to when you use it because it it's yes we could argue that what's available determines whether it outweighs one way or the other but what's also on that person's individual like usage well if, if, they don't if, use put, if you word it that then. way then it just depends on the context and no and then all studies are invalid because if you focus on the outliers so in a specific case, I'm talking about the macro. Since we're talking about the studies, we have to focus on the macro view. Okay, that's fair. So let me let me explain to you why I suggested that we talk about the study. Yeah. There is some merit to it, sure. Is the internet all bad? No. no. Is it all toxic? No. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is. <laughs> A lot but, of it is, but, but not but, all of it. But not all of it, right? So... The, the reason that I, I really wanted to talk about this is because the study, in my opinion, kind of contradicts itself. Yeah. Right? I do, I do agree um, with that. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, so the, basically, in, in, I'm summarizing now, but from what I remember about the article, it's a study that says the internet isn't harmful to mental health. But mm. then they go back in and they say, Okay, but tech companies need to collect and provide further data yeah. to get a better picture as to whether it is or not. Yeah. So they have this whole, yes, so they have this whole title that's saying, oh, you know, the internet isn't harmful, but also we're not really sure. They literally say that in the article. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so think it's, it's like, so unethical. 
it is so unethical. Instead of saying, oh, we don't have enough data to conclude what what we concluded. Instead, the article specifically, what I'm I'm trying to see was the term that he used. Uh, The internet does not significantly harm people's mental health. You can't conclude without the data. Well, they said they said it, it's not it doesn't harm people's health. A major study finds. Yeah. And then they go back and they say, well, big tech companies need to give us more data and, and provide it all so that we can understand if whether the Internet's harmful or not. Yeah. And it's like, well, then what is the last four paragraphs that I just read? What's that about? <laughs> well, they they use the, the broad country level data. So the, what they need is rather like more micro I wouldn't say it's even even it's not even micro. It's more it's still macro, but not too macro, not too broad. Because the right now they just use country level data. And here's the thing about country level data is that the only be, countries be careful. Yeah, there's only several countries where the data is reliable. I wouldn't trust mm. data come from China or Vietnam. Why is that? I mean, so China has been known to lie about their gdp numbers yeah so to yeah. the point I, where I think researchers he was more curious to, about vietnam though where to the point where a lot of researchers have to start looking use satellite to uh look down to the country and see how much light is is growing how much amount of lights the country's uh releasing into the atmosphere so that's they detect oh whether the country is growing or not and then they use that to estimate whether uh, the GDP is growing the same rate. And then they use uh, more reliable like railroad network, whether it's expanding or not. So to the point where people don't believe a single number that China released. So people, the Americans research have used satellites to estimate that number. And then they concluded, oh, the, the number is way off. But here's the thing about projections of GDP or uh, record of GDP is that you you lie this one year, but next year it will become more obvious because the numbers compounded over time and the margins of error become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll wait and see one day because one day China has to correct it eventually. And I'm waiting that day to come. They don't have to do anything. That's true. And I, I promise you they're what they won't. Yeah. But like I was saying, why don't you trust numbers out of Vietnam either? Because... Most countries, most poorer countries don't have the resources to even spend money to track data. It's a, uh-huh. it's a first world country privilege that a lot of people take it for granted. They don't know how, how well the numbers that they have about their hospital system, how many people are dying from that, dying from this, how many people struggling with mental health. Those are data that only first world country have the resources and privilege in order to co- collect the data system to just the cloud to just even collect it welcome to america god's <laughs> guns and collecting data behind every blade of glass i don't know yeah every bro- eh, i can't even speak this morning behind every blade of grass there's a pistol mm-hmm mm-hmm nothing Man. wrong with that i'm just kidding um <laughs> are but, you uh, just kidding yeah i'm just kidding Dude, I don't MJ's always gun. kidding, except when he's not. You don't own a gun? No. My wife Why doesn't not? like me to own a gun. Do you need to borrow some? No, that's illegal. No, it's not. Borrow guns? Yeah, it's not illegal. 
It's not illegal, dude. It's, ille- it's, it's illegal, illegal if he. It's illegal if he lets you borrow it and then reports it stolen. <laughs> but it's not illegal if you borrow somebody else's gun. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Can loan yeah, a firearm dude. to another person it's, who is 18 years old yeah. without going through a licensed firearm yeah. dealer, provided the conditions are met. The person loan is at all time within the presence of person being loaned the firearm. Yeah, I didn't. So you get, you got to follow you follow me around, even when I. The only time okay. I would need a gun is to protect how many, myself. How, how many how many times is the law gonna follow you around if you take your buddy's pistol Whoa. to the to the hunting range? I don't know. I mean, That's come on, come on bro. You put a lot of risks that I can't afford. Well, God will protect me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah. That's that was a joke. Yeah, that, that was pretty No, funny. no, 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 no. Uh, we we I, got it. It was a reference I, from earlier. Yeah. Yes, because I honestly, to some degree, do believe that, but I also don't go out of my way and do stupid things thinking God's going to take care of me because God has given me hard lessons before. And uh, I'm not really willing to roll the dice, so to speak. Mm, yeah. I just wanted to make a reference from earlier. No, but that, that that was a funny joke. Not not the God God part, but the joke itself. So, yeah. Just for yeah. people, yeah. FYI, we we get it. To this. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Yeah. Move on. No, I want to make sure everybody understands, Chris. Yeah, we. I'm uh, referencing the to the listeners. Yeah, I know you get it. But no one gives a crap what you think. But let's let's Excuse go back you. to the let's go back to the study. <laughs> At first, I I came out uh, supporting the study, but obviously, I, I yeah I see trying to see both sides of things. There's a lot of flaw to the study. One that Jonathan just suggested. Another one is it didn't really capture the specific age group because we know there's a lot of studies suggest that the 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 specific categories or specific group. That is extremely vulnerable to online influences are the adolescents and young adults. So if you, if the data is collected with you know older adults who barely use internet, I think it skewed the data a little bit. Why even make an article? That's really my question, right? Like, yeah. really, this thing doesn't conclude anything that we don't. It, this conclusion, the article cites a bunch of sources where the argument could go either way, even though at the very beginning, they kind of choose a side. Yeah. So to me, it just, the reason that I chose it was not because it was interesting or it was a good article. In fact, it was quite the opposite. I think it's a trash article because it's study, study shows that, you know, internet isn't harmful is what a major study shows. Okay, great. And then also we're not really sure, honestly. That was at the very end of the article too, which is funny. So it almost seemed a little clickbaity. And, I mean, it is. nobody would do that. People wouldn't yeah. clickbait for views yeah. and ads. So, and yeah, so they so like, but it was it was funny. This the placement of the we're not really sure. We need more data from tech companies. That was at the lower part of the article, down at the bottom of the page. Mm. So it was. Honestly, if these studies go either way, we don't really know. But thanks for sh- thanks for clicking on our ad. <laughs> Thanks for the two minutes of uh, ad yeah. rev. Appreciate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But even with the um, the studies in social media's use and mental health, this actually, if you, I've, I've while researching this topic, I looked into several systematic review where I collect a bunch of uh, data from other studies and then study study it 
using meta-analysis, and it's actually come out a lot of times very mixed results. It's not as clear as, oh, social media has diminished overall well-being. So that's, that's the tricky part. But one thing for sure that is pretty well established is that excessive social media use are linked, very linked with anxiety and depression. However, some study suggests that moderate use actually have beneficial effects by fostering social connections and support networks. So it's kind of support this idea is about the, how much you use social media. How much, and I know you're going to give me credit for this, AJ, uh, but again, in context of what you're using when you use the internet. So. Wait, I why would I give you credit for saying? No, I say crud. You're going to give me crud for it. Not credit, but crud. Yeah. It's another, word. it's another word for crap. Cred is another word for crap? No, crud. crud. C-R-U-D. Oh, oh, oh. I heard cred. I'm like, wait, what? what? I'm so confused. No, this isn't the South Park movie special, dude. I, I don't know the reference. It's okay. Jonathan did. Right on. So, um... So, do you know the terms of the younger generation? They call it digital natives. I just learned cap. that. That's cap. <laughs> High key, glow up my setup. High key, sus. Okay. Said the one with the RGB uh, uh, microphone. Hey, I want to stay young as long as I can. <laughs> so, you, what you wear? Do you wear for, forever twenty one clothes, Jonathan? Um, a gentleman never tells. <laughs> 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 but no, you're overusing the, uh, the the slang, dude. Oh, I know. I did that on purpose. I was being what they call facetious. Facetious? I think that's you? how they say it. Yeah, not me. Man. You don't like my RGB microphone? Why don't you tell me how you really feel, AJ? I, I like I it. I what are you talking like about? You. I, I like it. But uh, it's just funny that, you know, you're using these jokes to make fun of the all the slangs and all the... What is that? What did you just say about my setup thing? Glow, glow uh, says high key, uh, glow up my setup. Yeah, is high key, right? glow up. I, I, wanna, I don't know. I want to I glow up. Yeah, there we go. A glow up. Set it's the one with up. the RGB. So that's, I think that's funny. I, I like the RGB. I, I, glow, I, glue, I glued up. That's not the right word. Yeah. That's the wrong tense. I... I, I glowed up my setup with a new mic and a new webcam so <laughs> high key sus my oh guy my God. so so chris you, earlier you said that you feel this tinkling tinkly like sensation on your skins it, it wasn't the bit alanine it's, it's jonathan it's so it's actually nerve damage <laughs> no i mean if it was nerve damaged i think i'd be a little bit more okay with that i'm used to chronic stuff telling me i can't have an energy drink though we're gonna have a problem well, Didn't you just this, say you're trying to lay off C4? I am, but you know, uh, we just talked about caffeine being a huge issue for a lot of people, like mm -hmm. what, last week? Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, caffeine is very much uh, very useful. A lot of people drink coffee in the morning for the same reason. I just grabbed an energy drink that had 200 milligrams. It's that nice wake up feeling, like almost instant. So yeah, I'm trying to wean off and it gives me yet another reason because I don't know having a weird itchy reaction to it but uh gives me another reason but i don't know uh I, you know god's protecting me so why not um <laughs> <laughs> okay you, you can't just use god for everything all right 
That was that's what the article says. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, um, are, you, are are you telling me that everything on the internet is not true? Abraham Lincoln said it was. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Abraham Abraham Lincoln said that. It's, you said you 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 said it was a meme, but I've never seen that meme. So what was the meme? No, literally, it was uh, they did like an old timey picture of him, and yeah. it was like everything on the internet is true. You can believe me. It said Abraham Lincoln. Gotcha. So that so so that became he's so a meme. honest. He was honest, Abe, dude. You, you got to believe him. Uh, I thought that was George Washington. No, it was Honest Abe. George Washington I didn't was chop down the apple tree. Uh, honest Abe was like a nickname. I mean, they were both decently honest, but yeah. I'm not gonna get into people who are dead and old and gone. So I guarantee you, Mister Honest Abe told lies at some point. Yeah, I know. I know he did. Again, this has nothing to do with the, like we when are he so told when, when he told Mary Todd Lincoln, "I'm gonna quit smoking." And or my pipe or whatever. I'm not. I'm just. This is just a. You know. And then like he goes into another wing of the White House to smoke his pipe in private. And she walks in and she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Nothing." He lied. Is that, is that an are actual you, thing or are you are you projecting? I'm totally like just hell? making that up. I don't know. You're you're just a, you're a great storyteller. So I'm I'm confused sometimes. <laughs> well, that's just yeah. a practice from a liar. You know, once you lie a lot, you get really good at it. I'm just saying. No, I do. I, that that was my thing. I don't lie anymore, but I used to lie every time my mouth was. If my, my dad used to tell me when I was at the in the throes of my addiction, he'd be like, "If your mouth is moving, I know you're lying." I I'm love like, that saying. That's such a good burn. He's not wrong, but ooh, it hurts. Man, it's it got to be really hard for you to sleep if you can't lie anymore. How do you lie down? <laughs> <laughs> That was a lame joke. That was pretty bad. Yeah, that was. And here yeah, he know. is making fun of our jokes earlier. Oof. Right. What no, are you talking the, about? The, the, the hypocrisy, Chris. Oof. Yeah. I'm allowed to be a hypocrite. You know why? Because I'm human and I can make errors. Errors and hypocrisies are two different Do you things. drink your. Hold on. Hold on. Stop the podcast. Stop the show. Do you drink your C4 with a straw? <laughs> I make that comment. <laughs> Jonathan doesn't even realize I made that comment a while back. It's like as soon as we hopped onto this and I was like, are you drinking your C4 with a straw? Oh, man. Well, because I'm, like, I'm not going to lie. That really bothers me. Like, well, I only do it on, like on podcasts because I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't want to like bump the microphone and stuff, trying to tilt it back, so it's just easier to keep it upright and have a straw. So it's not something I do all the time. It's just limited space. Just in the times that I see you, what a coincidence! Well, see me more in person then. Well, come to the office. I ain't driving down there to where you're at. I'm at the office three days a week. Me too. Twice actually. Oh, oh look at what that. What dates are you there? Look, I'm not going to get into that. Okay. We are, my gosh, guys, it's like, anyway, we can't stay on topic more than 30 seconds. Abe yeah, Lincoln, well, apparently he was a lawyer, so I highly doubt that he's that Jonathan honest. was a lawyer? Abe Lincoln. What? Abe Lincoln. Huh. I'm, I probably could be a good lawyer. Yeah, you like to argue. I do. So do you, though. So don't even start projecting onto me, Chris. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just being a hypocrite. Yeah, I know. I know. No, yeah, he was a lawyer, so um, lawyers don't ever lie. Yeah, they, they, they're pretty honest people. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I hope uh, no lawyers listen to our podcast, but 
I mean, lawyers know, bro. Even if they don't say it out loud, they know. They know, right? Like deep down in places they don't talk about at parties, they know that they're like professional liars. Some yeah. of them. Oh. Most of them. Probably a majority of them. I mean, there's a lot. I don't, I don't think I've ever met anybody who hasn't told at least one lie in their life. Agreed. But I think that, like, what you have to understand is, like, the attorney-client privilege is a big deal. Like, you could know that your client is guilty and you still have to represent them. Yeah. Right? That's true, yeah. So, so even whenever you're talking about – we're not even talking about a lawyer's morals and beliefs. We're talking about a lawyer's job is knowing your client is guilty and still having to defend them as innocent anyway. Yeah, but what if they – uh if they tell you it's they're guilty, hold on, hold on. If they tell you that they're guilty and then they go on the stand and say they're not guilty, wouldn't that mean that you know that they're committing perjury? Is that still yeah. protected? Yes. It yeah. is? Are you sure it about is. that? I'm positive. Attorney-client privilege is one of the most sacred confidentiality clauses in existence. Well, but like no, no one is gonna go on the stand. Well, they they don't call the lawyer to the stand though. A no, 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 no. I'm a testifying witness. So he's it, talking about he's talking about like when they when the when the defendant gets on the stand and. But here's the deal: a defendant's never gonna get on the stand very rarely anyway and change their plea after because the, yeah. they have a plan when they go to court. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? No. So anyway. Very interesting, and no, and no one will be like, "Oh, are you guilty?" Do you think you'd be like, "Surprise, no." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, obviously not that question, but like, were you at the house, blah blah, and they're like, "No," and like they just told you as the anyway that they were. But yeah. here's the thing about perjury, though, is that it's rarely prosecuted. That's so weird to me, because they literally make you swear before the God Almighty that you would tell the truth, and then what? Obviously. When 95% of people in a courtroom anywhere, everywhere, all over the United States lies, yeah. if they do get caught, they're like, hey, knock it off. Which is weird because yeah. I thought their perjury had a pretty yeah. severe... Uh, it, it does, but it's just so hard to prove. That's it's crazy. very hard to prove. Because like, they have to be able to prove not only that you lied, but that you knowingly yeah. lied. Mm -hmm. They have to prove intent, and that's what's hard. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Oh, but anyway, I'm so glad I didn't become a lawyer. Yeah. Anyway, back to the the topic about it. They would have to lower the bar. Oh, but I'm. Sh I got it. The bar. Mm hmm. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to the next article. <laughs> well, I want I want to share an interesting thing about where our the psychology industry field is going with this. Do y'all know that social media's addiction is not being considered? Uh, for further study, but actually only internet gaming disorder is considered like they are planning to put in the updated or revised version of the DSM-5. Oh, come on, man. Why are they always bullying gaming? No, gaming addiction is pretty serious. Yeah, I know, but like there are people who will spend hours upon hours checking their darn Facebook, you know? Yeah, but even then, like, it's not as disruptive or at least in my opinion, compared to like gaming, where people stay up and won't sleep, um, play uh, games I mean, all day. Social and media. You could really say the same thing about social media, though. I disagree with that mm. because because social media people can get so incredibly addicted to the 
the validation they get from social media mm-hmm. that they don't sleep, they stay up posting, they're making videos, they can harm their bodies trying to look pretty all the time or, you know, good looking. I mean, it's like, you know, plus the the toxicity of the the social circle that is the internet. I right. mean, but the that but the gaming industry is like a whole culture become like a slightly a culture thing where I'm gonna chug monster and stay up all night playing games. It's I mean, a it culture has. thing. So yeah. that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it's becoming worse and worse where it become disruptive. Like social media, sure, you lose several hours of sleep, but not to the point where I'm gonna chuck a monster and stay up playing games with the boys. So I, mean, yeah, I can't argue I mean, with say, that. I know people no. who pop five hours and they'll pull a, uh, they'll just like sleep four hours on the weekend and just game all weekend. I, I can't argue with that. That's uh, a problem for me. I mean, I like to play games and stuff, man. But the, I mean, like, I can. I'm not trying to take away and say that gaming isn't an issue because it definitely can be. I'm just saying that I believe that in its own way, social media can be just as addictive. Yeah, I'll it's agree not really the social media itself, though. It's the it's the validation and the artificial acceptance that they feel from yeah. likes and comments and subscribers <laughs> and whatever else. Yeah, gotta get that endorphin well, hit. Well, when you think about it, though, right? Like, it's the the same mechanism of action is taking place in the brain. Anything that releases dopamine, especially, can be addictive can be right Mm -hmm. um and so when you're talking about social media or gaming every time you get a like or a subscriber or a new comment to your post on instagram or snapchat or facebook or whatever you're getting a little dopamine right every time you get a new like this that and the other you're getting that dopamine you're getting that dopamine and so it the reason that we keep going back to it over and over and over again throughout the day is that we're looking for that little dopamine hit, that little dopamine purge we get when we hit like, 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 love, 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 whatever. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, gaming can be the same way. I'm playing a game and I enjoy it and I'm leveling up and I'm doing really good and I'm killing all the enemies. And so you're getting dopamine from that. Well, not only that, but that, uh, there's a thing where people go, okay, I just want to end on a good note. So they'll do what's known as wind chasing and they won't quit until they get a win under their belt. And, you know, if you're tired and you're playing poorly, that wind keeps getting farther and farther. Next thing you know, two hours passed and you're like, ah, oh, all right, now I'll go to sleep. Like, go, oh, come on. Tell me you're a gamer without telling me you're a gamer. Oh, dude, I'm not ashamed of my gaming. <laughs> but I do it in healthy amounts. Thank, thank I'm, you, Steam. I'm not saying you're ashamed of it. I'm just saying. Nah, think, thanks to Steam, it tells me how much I play and what games I played for how much, like, every week. That's actually really useful. Because if it tells me that I played, like, 10 hours and it's only been three days this week, I'm like, okay, turn back. That's a bit much. But, I mean, a bit much for me personally. So, I'm, you know, relative, you know, still. Yeah. So Jonathan, how 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 much video games do you play in a week? Don't answer that's a setup. Give us a number. As far as hours go, probably honestly, probably eight to ten. Mm, that's not bad. So like about one hour, two hours a day. Yeah. Mm. I mean, sometimes on the weekends I may if I don't have anything to do, which is rare, 
I may sit on my game for four hours on a Saturday afternoon. Mm. Um, I, but for the most part, man, I can count on one hand how many times I've sat down and played games all day long. Like, I just can't sit still that long. Oh, see, I don't really not... have the attention span for it. <laughs> so, nah, so gee, that, you know what that means, right? So you're not stuck in that dopamine, uh, what, is, what do we call it? The dopamine, uh, uh, dopamine driven feedback loop. So that means you yeah, but, suck but, at your game. That's no, what... that's not what I, that's not what it means. That's not what it means at all. I will say this though: I have found myself like I play Warzone, like Call of Duty Warzone, a lot, and I have found myself doing that, like chasing the win, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like I cannot stop until I get this much or I unlock this weapon or or this. I mean, I've caught myself doing that before, and when I catch oh, myself man. doing that, I turn it off immediately. Yeah. And so there's there is there is some level of like excuse me I I could see how that could be addictive to people. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah. there's a reason why they call it a feedback loop because you yeah. you're constantly feeding uh over and over and over, over and over it's a loop. One more try, one more try, one more try. One more try. And end up all night. The one that got me the worst on that loop was uh any of y'all play the Souls like games? No. So Dark Souls, uh nope. Demon Souls, Elden Ring. Oh, I've played those, yeah. Yeah, so those are called Souls-like. They literally made it a genre. And so there's other games, obviously, that play similar. But those games, so intentionally hard, that is meant to build up frustration. And once you beat whatever's frustrating you, you get, like, that hit, that, like, euphoria almost of, oh, my gosh, I finally beat this. And sometimes I've, I've been stuck on a boss for, like, 30 minutes to an hour just chasing the win. Like, okay, one more try. Well, it didn't work out. One, one more try. I ah, oh, he was down to two percent. I'm almost there. One more try. Next thing you know, hour passed. Oh, I finally beat the boss. I feel so good. A huge hit of endorphin. And then oh, I was supposed to do something, like an hour ago. Ooh, those, yeah, those ones hit I, me I, more than anything. I get the uh, the text message. Are you gonna come to bed? And I'm like, oh yeah, it is like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know what I mean? So yeah. I I try I really do try to avoid that. I like playing games. I'm not I wouldn't really consider myself a gamer. Um well with a, a maybe, RGB maybe microphone am. you can. Uh yeah, I guess so. I could start streaming. Well then uh, you and I are opposite <laughs> opposite side of the spectrum. I'm what they call uh I've been called so many things. I've been called a uh, try hard. Dumb. I've been called uh sweaty. <laughs> Damn, Jonathan. Jeez. You just called Chris dumb? I, I'm just I'm ignoring sorry, it. That's fine. I love you, Chris. You know, honestly, that's one of the nicer things he said to me, so I'm just gonna roll with it. Come on, man. You know I love you, dog. Did you know he tried to hit me with his car over at work once? Hold on. What? He didn't even yeah, know. He just be lying, bro. I didn't do that. No, no, no cap. I actually walked behind you once while you were backing up. You didn't even see me. But, really? Uh, no, no cap? No cap? No cap. I almost hit you? Like, I was walking behind you, and you literally almost backed up and was like, <gasps> and I had to Put move. it on everything you love. On everything oh I love? God. Joke's on you, man. There's, like, not many things, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. No, there's... That's fine. No. All right. Anyway. As I, I throw your name into the gutter. Man, but, uh, this y'all conversation right. is so mid. Oh, oh God! Oh, is I, it? Sh I should I should roast him so hard he goes he goes to another therapist. That that would mm. do it. That would be the thing AJ wants. 
Mm. It won't be mid then, right, AJ? Anyway, since we're talking about video games and staying up, I feel like uh, we we can go to the next topic of uh, the phenomenon called bedtime revenge procrastination. Oh, yeah. Apparently it's a a phrase. It's when people stayed up late doing things like social media instead of sleeping. BRP. Well, specifically, I think it's things that don't really add benefit uh, to your life, like uh, scrolling through TikTok and stuff. Just trying to get some like me time, some downtime, unwind a little bit before bed without doing things that actually benefit you. And then you kind of almost like uh, develop insomnia because your brain starts associating, okay, when I lay in bed, uh, I'm going to pull out my phone and I'm going to sit through TikTok for the next 30 minutes. And then after a while, you get in such a repeat habit, you're laying in bed. It's like, why can't I fall asleep? It takes me like 30 minutes to an hour. Well, because you just trained yourself to... uh, go through TikTok and stuff first. You're Pavlov dogging yourself over here with things that don't really benefit you. And then you're like, why can't I sleep anymore? Well, you're, you're, you're conditioning yourself. So now mm-hmm. you got to uncondition that. You got to have a better sleep hygiene. And I love my sleep hygiene. What's your sleep hygiene, Chris? I have a whole ritual, my guy. Like, I have to shower first because I, I don't want to like get all the grime from working all day and putting that in my bed sheets. That's gross. All that sitting in your office you're doing no, gets you I, nice and dirty. No. I'm joking. I'm joking, bro. <laughs> I, I really, I, I've been hard on you today. I'm sorry, Chris. It's all right. Considering how hard I've been on you like a couple of podcasts, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let it happen. I'm okay. okay. All right. I know cool. it's out of love. The it more is. he, the more he roasts me, the more he loves me. That's how love works. That's really that's, that's well. That's how that's how abusive love works. But sure, we'll go with that. What are you saying? I have Stockholm syndrome. Are you calling me an abuser? Let's move past this. <laughs> what, what were you saying? Man, that sounds like a toxic relationship. There, it it is. You wouldn't understand. Chris is a pretty nice guy when you get to know him. Yeah, you gotta get to know me first. That takes a little bit. He might hit me every now and then, but whoa, <laughs> no, no, no. With no, his no. words, for records, for his with his words. I didn't say that. You did. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would try I to make, I would try to defend both of y'all, but all right. All right. Go ahead, Chris. I'm just throwing hands out here. What were you saying? What was I saying? I'm a, I'm, I, my brain immediately jumped to defend myself. I have uh, not put my hands on sleep anybody. Hygiene. Oh, yeah. Sleep hygiene. So it's uh, super ritualistic for me. Like, I got to start with the shower. And then uh, because I have cats, you know, those little buggers like to stay up a lot of the night. I got to make sure they have food and water and then I brush my teeth. And it has to be in this order, like explicitly in the same order. And then I do all that. And by the time I lay in bed, I'm tired, even if I didn't start off tired. So I literally follow the same, same set of actions every night in that order. Go to bed. All the lights are off. There's no sound. I can't stand screens on at night. It, it bothers me. No sound? No sound, man. I want pure darkness. I want pure silence. I, If I could own one of those uh, like sensory deprivation things where they put you in and stuff and you have like the water, I would fall asleep in that so fast. Oh, it would be great. Yeah. I, I can't sleep in the silence, man. If I don't have a fan going or at least the sound of a fan on like my phone or something... My service-connected tinnitus will ruin my life. If I lay in a silent room with no fan going or anything, 
it is so loud for me because my ears ring all the time. What's funny was I was actually tuning out my tinnitus right now up until you brought it up and now I hear it. So now thank you. Now you can hear it, yeah. I got so yeah. good at tuning it out. One of those chronic life conditions. So it's like, if you don't think about it, you don't always hear the, you know, ding. But thanks yeah, for bringing no, it up. No, now it's going to be like that for an my, hour. My tinnitus is really bad. And then some days my ears will ring so bad that I can't hear very well out of my left or right. I mean, it's just. Is that from the mili I, military? Yeah, it's from the mm. military. Yeah. Um, Being around live rounds and live fire training exercises and. Most of, I think really the thing that did it that really did me in the most was being on the flight line with big aircraft. And those and those oh. earplugs are they? Uh, I remember you somewhat mentioned like the earplugs are uh, yeah, proven no, to be I actually, Yes, I uh. actually won uh, a class. I won a class action lawsuit. Oh, not too the, long ago with the defective 3M, ones. Yeah, the three M earplugs. Mm. Yeah, um, I remember that. They, I, I got my. Uh, I finally got my. Uh, I got notification that they're going to be paying out paying me out this month or next month it's a pretty substantial amount i mean it's not bad yeah i heard those things they, they, they said it's a that that the class that i'm in because they they basically like they put you in a different class depending on your level of hearing loss and tinnitus and stuff like that and whether or not you have it documented you know this that yeah. and the other mm -hmm. so the the va is paying me for tinnitus i'm so i have disability for tinnitus and so that's one of my conditions and so i sent them over that stuff and since i have it documented that it's service connected they put me in a higher echelon of people so going uh since you you said you need um like sound to an extent right kind of like a white noise oh yeah something uh, and i know that you're pretty packed on your schedule do you ever feel like you need to do something to like unwind before you go to bed, even if you don't have a lot of time to get sleep as is. All the time, every time. That was what I was going to talk about that because this is something that I really struggle with. My wife and I were talking about it just like a couple of nights ago where she was like, you need to be more intentional about being in bed earlier. It would be good for both of us because, you know, if I'm awake, I keep her up. And so that's fair. But I come home from work after a long day working with people, and even if I just got an hour or two before I have to go to bed, that doesn't feel like enough. And so I start trying to cram everything that I want to do in the end of my day because I haven't been able to do what I wanted to do all day. I've been at work. You know what I mean? So this is something that really resonates with me for sure. Like the term procrastination? No. No, that's term, like I mean that's that's the term that they use is the uh, the bedtime revenge procrastination specifically is you try to get everything that you wanted to do that you wanted to do that day so you cramp it in in the end of the night so Which right ends up in you I'm, procrastinating when you start your sleep right well I, but I'm, I'm so I'm procrastinating going to sleep for sure I'm not procrastinating during the day. It's just that, like, if I work from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., which I've done a few times, mm -hmm. seeing clients all day with very few breaks, then I get home at 7.30 and I want to do what I want to do. But I got to go to bed at 9 because I got to get up again at 6. You know what I mean? So I'm fighting going to bed so I can play games for a little bit or unwind or watch my videos on my phone. I mean, like, it's, it's a constant thing for me, man. I, I got to get better about it because my sleep does suffer. That's why they put procrastination in the name, though, because you're procrastinating your sleep in order to yeah. uh, make room for these activities. Right. Uh, but they right. explicitly mention activities that don't really bring uh, 
positivity to your day or any meaningfulness. Uh, it's um, kind of like an excuse almost. Like, mm. I don't have a lot of free time. I have enough free time to maybe scroll through Reddit, scroll through TikTok for like 30 minutes. But the problem is, it's like that stuff doesn't really have an end to it. You know, like you can go and keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and you eventually have to stop yourself because there's so much content. You're not, it's not going to stop it for you. I think this term is, can bring a lot of harm. Mainly it's kind of oversimplifying a very complex issues. You know, that's why in counseling, we have the biopsychosocial assessment is that there is the bio, the cycle and the social factors to affect affecting the sleep patterns. So as simple as, oh, uh, I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to catch up with all the content that I missed on social media. So that's why I stayed up. I think there's more complexity to it. Let's say someone that's struggle with chronic stress. They don't know. They don't know the ways to approach the stress. So they stayed up getting rid of the stress because the thing is, uh, in my counseling, I talk about micro boredom. And I strongly believe that a lot of mental struggles that human experience is due to these micro boredom. I'm not about, I'm not talking about big boredom. I'm talking about the micro boredom, the boredom that you have, like you try to fall asleep, but you couldn't for like the first five minutes. That that's the boredom I'm talking about, or the boredom when you drive, that's the boredom I'm talking about where your, your main, your, your mind start running or the boredom you, while you're in the shower. That's why a lot of people think a lot in the shower because something that they engage repetitively. So I use that, the mindlessness, I call it the micro boredom. And a lot of time during these micro boredom, the mind start running and a lot of thoughts come by that trigger a lot of stress, a lot of uncomfortable experiences. Like, like both of y'all, I know we both drive a lot. All, all three of us, I meant, uh, drive a lot. During the time that's driving, our mind tend to run to places, right? What you say? Would you say? Would you agree Actually, with that? Uh, I would. Yeah. yeah. I actually uh, not as much as I used to, to be honest. I like to uh, I like to make a game out of driving. That's that's why. Driving for me is a major stress reliever. It is. Like I drove down to um, Northwest Houston yesterday, almost in downtown actually, to see my therapist. She work her office is like an hour and ten minutes from my house. I could do virtual. Honestly, though, my wife and I will go down there together because we enjoy the drive. You know what I mean? Even if sometimes she'll go in with me and we'll have like a like a couples meeting. But a lot of times she just takes me down there and we'll, she likes to drive and we like to spend time together. And so she'll sit in the car and read her book while I do treatment and then we'll leave. Or even when I go down there by myself, man, it's a it's a big stress reliever just to kind of turn the radio up, roll the windows down turn my exhaust on <laughs> but that's the uh, thing though like it does relieve stress in the short term but yeah. that's where the mind start running and it triggers a lot of things that will come back later on like yeah. it brings up something happened years ago for no reason that's very common for a lot of people where the mind start running during where they these micro boredom and i know a lot of people that struggle with urges to use it show up during the micro boredom. Yeah. Not during, not while working, not none, none of that, but it's during micro boredom where let's say you listen to a song and then the song, because music, I, I think music can, I love music. Don't get me wrong, but it can be very tricky. 
when I work with people with grief or going through some stuff, because musics are very attached with an experience. There's this relational frame. And then it's just a matter of song hit, it triggers a rush of memories. Sure, in the short term, these memories can be good, can be bad, but it intentionally a lot of time brings up a lot of uncomfortable. I, I really like the whole micro boredom, when, like the first time you brought it up to me, because I started watching my own behavior. Like uh, when I would play video games, since you, uh, you queue up to do stuff, right? Like it's got to find other players when you play PvP and all that. And so I started realizing that I would get on my phone while yeah, I wait for it to find other people. And I'm like, even though it only takes a minute, minute and a half, I, I, I just instinctively reach for the phone. So I was like, that's some, wow. Like you, you don't think about that kind of stuff, you know? So yeah, Whereas, so, so factor uh, that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, whereas when I'm driving, you talk about like some people like to listen to music when they're driving. I, I'm so used to tuning out my tinnitus that sometimes I accidentally tune out the music. I don't realize like two old songs have passed. And mm. so it's uh, it's a little bit different for me because like Jonathan, I, I actually use driving guys uh, like a uh, as a way to relax. Like I, uh, my car has um, a moonroof and I like to roll down that, roll down the windows and like just drive. And I like to focus on how the wind feels. You know, it's hitting you in the face. You can kind of feel it on your arm, you know, just really nice. Music doesn't really work for me anymore, but that's more so, again, accidentally tuning it out. So really music, Music is a big thing for me, man, because I've been a musician my whole life. And every time, like, I get so busy day to day. Like, I just bought a new guitar a few days ago. And I will every time like, oh, I don't have time to play my guitar tonight or, you know, I'm busy. I want to play games. I want to do this. I want to watch my favorite show, whatever. Every time that I sit down and play my music for just a little while, I feel so much more stress relief than really doing anything else. Listening to the music that I like going down the road with the windows down is a huge stress reliever for me. So I think a lot of this is obviously very subjective based, you know, based on the person. Right. I mean, yeah, it's all very contextual. That's why I'm saying like it is a complex interplay of psychological, social and physiological, but the psychological is very contextual. But here's yeah. where I think it can affect one's sleeping schedule is let's say you're used to this. Oh, as soon as micro boredom, Oh, you play music. Oh, you drive. Oh, you you do this, you do that. Guess what happened when you try to fall asleep in the five minutes of micro boredom and you don't have any of these things? Yeah. That's, that's where really. problem comes in. It's because it's become a behavioral thing. You condition yourself as soon as this uncomfortable micro boredom shows up. Oh, I'm going to do all that. But now you can't anymore. So... Mm. people yeah. that automatic behavioral very common is people start pulling out their phone so there is this conditioning part um, well i think that there's also like especially in a social setting mm -hmm. i think that there might be some anxiety some social anxiety that goes along with that too though if you're in a crowded area and you're standing there waiting for somebody to come back or you're, you know, talking, you're standing in a group of people and they're all talking and you're really not. It's if it, it, it for a lot of people, it can feel it can cause anxiety to be standing there not doing anything. 
or just standing there with like just looking around like people can start worrying that other people are going to look at them like what are they doing so like what i mean is that like in a social situation some people get anxiety and they pull their phones out yeah i'm not referring like to that. the social uh, situations that all the ones i gave is basically by yourself like driving taking a shower even eating. Sure. How many times you have seen drive down the road and someone driving pull out their phone on their phone all the time? Yeah, uh, because yeah. they're so used to get rid of that micro boredom through pulling out their phone. It's a major point of uh, it, it's such a major problem now that it, it's like there's whole advertising campaigns about staying off your phone, don't text and drive. I mean, it's hurting people to yes. do stuff like that. So yeah, that's my well, point. Is over time you hate these micro boredom. The more you struggle with this micro boredom. And it's not a lot of time, it's very mindlessness. The more you struggle with it, it starts affecting your sleep because now you have this two minutes, depends on the person. For me, it takes me 30 seconds to fall asleep. But let's say my wife, it can take 15 minutes. What you going to nice. do? <laughs> I know. Uh, what you going to do in that 15 minutes of dealing with something that you're, use your phone, you use your music. Don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on music. It depends on the context. You're using music, you're using dissociative, you know, your mind going somewhere. What do you do in this 15 minutes? There's, but you see how the more we do these things, engage these things, it makes that micro boredom a lot harder. Yeah. A lot harder. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but on the, on the, I, I want to be more, a little bit more constructive. I want to share one tip that I share with all my clients about sleep hygiene is the bedroom is strictly for two things and two things only. Sleep and sex. Does it? I mean, that's kind of how I treat it. Is if yeah. I crawl into bed, it's for the intent of sleeping, not not playing on my phone and stuff. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, trick myself into that that habit. Yeah, and so yeah. that's probably yeah. actually part of why my routine is: as soon as I'm done everything, my body is just literally okay. So I guess it is time for sleep. Let's go. My wife will read her Kindle, but she's got that paper, like that paper white, Kindle paper white that yeah. like, it has like the warm background backlit screen. Uh -huh. So it's not as stimulating. I mean, it's still light. It's still bright, but she'll read and like, we, we've kind of gone back and forth. We, I don't have a TV. Uh, we haven't put a TV in our room. I know a lot of my friends that have TVs in their room. I do not necessarily agree with that. Yeah. I think that that is meshing the living room and the, the, the bedroom. I think it kind of meshes the per like it, there should be a separation between those two things. Yeah, I agree. I don't have a, you know what I mean? yeah, a TV in my bedroom either for the yeah. same reason. I yeah. actually do have a TV in my bedroom, but the thing is, is I'll never watch TV from the bed anymore i strictly uh get on the floor or find uh, a chair and i'll i can still watch it but i won't watch it from the bed anymore because again i don't want my brain confusing what going and laying in the bed is uh what my intent behind that is yeah so it's worked out for me especially yeah. since uh, i've gotten off uh, those melatonin gummies so i having to get myself back to sleep the old-fashioned mm. way what a bad habit that's tragic, right? Yeah. Another another bad habit that uh, I want to share with everyone, the listeners, and I don't know, I'm sure y'all know, I mean, sleep hygiene is pretty common behavioral part is if your mind is going to places and you couldn't fall asleep, you need to get out of that bed and find a different bed. 
so your brain don't associate thinking or engaging verbal behaviors with the bed. So when I say strictly for sex and sleep, I'm talking about strictly. What if you don't have another bed? Unlucky, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's the couch. <laughs> uh, see, I, if I'm if my thoughts are racing, I I could just go about it differently. Because you can focus on the rise and fall of your chest as you breathe. And that's almost rhythmic if you do it like at a consistent interval. And it's almost like counting sheep in a way. So I, I focus on the white noise that I have going in my room. Like my mind usually races no matter where I'm at <clears throat> on the couch, at work doing a podcast, in bed, my mind is racing all the time. Where's your mind and going so, racing while, where, where's your mind going while doing the podcast? Oh, I'm th- I mean, I, I mean, I'm thinking about what we're talking about. I'm thinking about what I'm going to, what I'm going to say and how I'm going to respond. I'm also thinking about what I'm going to do when I get to work and who I've got to see today. And I mean, like, dude, my mind is a thousand miles an hour all the time. Mm-hmm. However, because it's that way everywhere I go, no matter what I do, I'm kind of used to it. So it doesn't really like, even when I lay down, my mind races. It's not one of those things that keeps me awake because I'm used to it racing. No, you know, so I I can focus on the white noise or just roll over and close my eyes. And before I know it, I'm out. See, I actually used to have that problem. I was actually diagnosed with, I told you guys this before, but I was diagnosed with ADHD at a very, at a very, very young age. Don't tell AJ that. And uh, and I was put on uh, Shatera and I was doing a lot. Like the the dosage was high, very high, even before I finished middle school. Um, and so I was used to racing thoughts for a long time. But what really helped me was being able to turn all of it off, mm-hmm. not coming to terms with it and allowing it to exist, but actually learning to uh, rid myself of it. Yeah. And so being able to have that quiet. In my own mind, I got so accustomed to that when I wanted it that uh, that's part of the reason why I have to have quiet when I sleep. Because I no longer can tolerate when my own mind races. So my first instinct is now to get rid of it. Not mm. not coming to acceptance with the uncomfortable, but ridding myself of the uncomfortable. Which directly affects my approach to counseling. It's not coming to terms with something. It's very much trying to get out of something if you can. Not everything can you get out of something. But for those that we can, I do very much like to try. That's why I used to do heroin. <laughs> it was a quick fix. I'm be, I mean, I'm, be, I'm, I'm being funny, but I'm also being serious. Yeah, I yeah no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 I get that, but... Uh, yeah. You, if you want to try my method, just iron out the wrinkles in your brain. Just go full smooth brain, and then you won't have any problems. See, my mind races so fast, I have trouble even visualizing that. You know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah. No, iron out the wrinkles. Like, just go get an iron, stick it right on your brain. You'll be fine. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Super yeah. easy. <laughs> well, if that doesn't work, you know, I don't know how to help you then. That's terrible advice. So, thank you for absolutely nothing. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, that's tragic, but uh, I'll take my money shame, now. Thanks. Shame. I'm not paying you anything. <laughs> <laughs> More like Chris yeah. need to reimburse you money. <laughs> yeah, then Chris, Chris, you owe me. $150 an hour. <laughs> Just that's to listen to him. <laughs> 30 seconds of my life I'll never get back. Thank you for that. 
You are so very welcome. C- congratulations on your newfound uh, tools. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> but here's the problem that I have with the the article, and I mean, just people avoiding screens before bedtime or creating a bedtime ritual might not be effective for everyone. So it's not like a f- one size fit all kind of solutions. You know, that's just like counseling. There's no such thing as one size fit all. So it's extremely important that we uh, we try multiple things until one thing works for you. I mean, it's not going to work for everybody. Yeah, even though my night ritual works wonders for me, I understand that not everybody can do that. Um, I have to shower before I go to bed. That is something that I do. Because if I do not shower before I go to bed, I cannot sleep. Kind of... Um, all that, all that sitting yeah. in my office and getting all dirty and and all the hard work I'm doing, you know what I mean? Like, I have to have a shower, bro. I feel gross and grimy if I don't. Yeah. Okay, so it's not as bad in Texas, but the humidity here is pretty, pretty bad. But compared to Vietnam, whenever I go to Vietnam, dude, I have to shower like four times a day because it's so humid I mean, that's over there. The literal jungle. So I could see that. Well, not in the city, but it's just but, nasty. But I mean, like, but it's like, but it's like a jungle, like a tropical, like yeah, jungle it's very climate. tropical. It's yeah. extremely humid. Like you think yeah. Texas, you think Houston is humid. You think Galveston is humid. Yeah, it'll make like it. the Amazon rainforest. Yeah, like <laughs> as soon as I humid. walk out, I come back in like I'm all sweaty. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Man, my my poor wife. I just I don't know how girls, woman survive in vietnam like the hair got all sweaty and i don't know about you but you gotta put it up in a bun yeah even then it's still super sweaty and i I know for girls you can't just shower every day huh yeah you lose out of your face yeah but still like and i know girls can't just shower you know wash their hair every day so they somewhat kind of have to learn to live with it i have to wash my hair every day I, I I never wash my hair every day. It, it starts after a while. Starts messing with it. Like not with shampoo, just water. Rinse it out. No, like I'll rinse it out all the time. But I'm talking about like shampoo. I don't shampoo. Yeah, every I, day. I know that's a different thing. Yeah. Oh well, you said wash my I hair. Wash like wash with water. Uh, no. I see, usually, what do you call it? Wet my hair? No, rinse. <laughs> see, connotation of word. It could be the same thing, rinse with shampoo, no? Well, that's why I say it's connotation of word. If you use the word wash with me, I assume there's some type of uh, soap material uh, involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, connotation is just as important as the denotation of the word. I feel like that we're getting completely... Dude, we've been off base all Who morning. Cares? <laughs> I mean, that's the vibe we, <laughs> we're going for, like uh, casual conversations while we discuss these things, so... Yeah, but... This actually really does tie into the whole because the oracle was talking about you you condition yourself into these behaviors, right? And so I mean, I conditioned myself into a ritual. I have to do literally six things in order uh, to be able to comfortably get to bed uh, and go to sleep. So it's not much different. The difference is a minor, very productive, whereas scrolling on your phone, not so much. You have to do those things in that order. In that order. And if you don't, you get restless? No. If I don't, then um, I wouldn't call it restless, but you know how you said sometimes you struggle with thoughts? If I don't do one of them, specifically in that order, I'll be like, I feel like I'm forgetting something. 
I got to go find out what that is. And you start having that, that, uh, almost like anxiety of what did I forget? And it, I wouldn't call it restlessness though, because it will turn off after a while. Um, those kind of thoughts uh, for a lot of people come and go anyway, but it's just easier for me to not put my situation where I have those thoughts to begin with. So if I do something in order, then it's like procedural learning. You know, you, uh, I did this, which means that this comes next. That's why I do them in the same order so that I don't forget stuff. So if you always step one leads to step two, step two always leads to step three. If you try to do one and then three and then two, and the next day you do three, two, one, you, you might forget something causing it. You get where I'm going? I do. Yeah. Yeah. But they're very productive things. They're literally hygiene. Go shower, make sure the, the cats have food and water, and then uh, brush your teeth. And it's all in distance from farthest to closest to the bed. So farthest thing away is the shower. So I don't know why I don't know why that's made me think about the Grinch when he was like, let me look at my schedule. And he's like, um Oh, dinner with myself. Oh, can't skip Chris on that again. Grinch is what you're saying? No, no, no. Chris, yeah. <laughs> dinner with myself. I can't cancel that again. Can't kiss on Solve myself. World yeah. hunger. Tell no one. Wrestle with myself loathing and stare into the abyss. I'm booked. <laughs> oh, I actually own the the was it Jim Carrey? That's the Jim Carrey version, right? Yeah. Yeah, I own that one. And it is by far my favorite version of the Grinch. I find it hilarious. I, I like James uh, James. I guess his name is James. I like Jim Carrey. <laughs> Close enough. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's quite literally, like I said, shower, animals, toothbrushes next. The next one is uh, setting up my outfit for the next day. So, like, I have them hanging up. And then the very last one ends with me checking my timers for my alarm clock before crawling into bed. Why do you feel the need to compulsively explain that to me? Because I, I believe that... So, we're talking about, like, micro-boredoms, right? Mm -hmm. I got bored just now. <laughs> yes. but I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. That sounded really bad. I didn't No, no, like you that, meant it. No, I didn't. No, but anyway, you meant go ahead. But uh, when Shut thinking up. about microboredoms, <laughs> yeah, I'm just ignoring both of y'all, tuning y'all out. But, uh, but when thinking of microboredom, if you keep yourself very mindful and you're trying to be purposeful, it helps to not make room for microboredom, at least in my opinion. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I lost interest. <laughs> so I said that um, you need to go to the VA and That's be funny. told that they don't care about you. Um, that happens. That's happened before. So, <laughs> darn. You got you got your wish, Chris. That Man. happened recently. Ah, uh, so. dude. I feel like I should have used my wish for something else. That's my. I feel like you. Yeah, I feel like you do. Well, I mean, but your wish did come true. So, there. All right, now I wish for ten million dollars. Oh, yep. That's not gonna. Not for me, anyway. No, I never said for you. Oh no, I said not for me. I said not from me either. I don't got it. Why not? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question, bro. Lacking, bro. I, I ask myself that question every day. Why don't you have $10 million, Jonathan? Can't answer it. Not yet. <sighs> this guy's slacking. Well, that's it for this week on Couchside Chats. Please follow and like us. And if you have any questions, reach out. We do answer to our comments and our emails. And we'll see you next time.